and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are now boarding the aircraft of a brand new sermon series entitled Love Is. Can I get somebody to say Love Is? Love is. This, this sermon series has been designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit to first educate us because we're not going to make the erroneous assumption that everybody knows this. It's designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit to educate us and also remind us that the fingerprint for the Christian, the litmus test on whether we are a true Christ follower or not, the DNA that proves if we are authentic Christian or not is not seen in how well we could preach. It's not seen in how much we preach about Jesus, post about Jesus, do things for Jesus, or even sing for Jesus because devils get sing too. Devils get sing so good where you have chills. They can harmonize. Devils can do all those runs, all those ooh, all that. Devils and demons can do that too. It's not seen in where we serve in church, nor is it seen in the fact that you can speak in tongues. Because nobody cares if you can speak in tongues, but you speak mean in English. I'm back, y'all. Nobody cares if you can speak in tongues if you speak mean in English, mean in Spanish, mean in Portuguese, or whatever your native tongue is. I understand that you came here today, ma'am, and you slam your outfit. You slam your dress. I see you. We see you. But the Holy Spirit is like, okay, when are you going to let me help you slay that attitude, though? That part, though. When are you going to help me slay, let me help you slay that arrogance, sir? When are you going to let me help you slay that anger and slay that bitterness? Can I help you with that? Because many times in our churches, what we like to do is boast over what we no longer do. I no longer club anymore, pastor. You're not going to catch me at 55 Central. You're not going to catch me anymore at what used to be Coco Loco. You're not going to catch me at the cigarette or the cigar lounge. You're not going to catch me at the hookah bar. You're not going to catch me at the strip club, but you're still mean, still entitled, still petty, still will curse somebody out, still walking around like something stinks. I didn't say stink. I'm using Ebonics on purpose. Stank. Still unapproachable. I don't do this anymore, but there's no love in your heart. See, I hope y'all are ready for this. No love in your heart, no grace in your speech, no mercy in your delivery. And I understand we're like, okay, I'm just not there yet. Uh, I don't do people. God's working on me. I'm like, okay, why you want to go to heaven then? I don't do church people. Who you think gonna be in heaven? Just, just pray for me, sir. I don't, I don't like. I mean, I don't love them. I just like them. You're not called to like. See how quiet it's getting? You're not called to like. You're called to love. I understand some people will only love you because of what you have versus who has you. I get it. But you're not called to like them. You are called to love them. I want to give you the difference. The difference between like and love. When you like a flower, you will pick it. When you love it, you will water it. 
Did y'all hear what I just said? When you like it, you'll try to take from it. But when you love it, I want to see you grow. I want to see you evolve. I want to see you mature. You are not called to like. You are called to love. Somebody say love is. Love is. The goal for every professing believer. Hear me. The goal for every professing follower of Jesus is to be a biblical Christian, not Christian-ish. The goal is to be a biblical, somebody say Bible, a biblical Christian, not just Christian-ish. And some people like, preach that. See, that's why I almost quit Christianity now. I, I almost walked away from the church now because of all that. Hold on, before you do 90 to 30. Let's say you have a favorite artist. Since we're in church, we're going to do Christian, all right? Um, one of your favorite artists is Todd Delaney. And one of your favorite songs by Todd Delaney is Your Great Name. Now, let's say you go to a conference and there's a performer there singing your great name, and they sound something like, there's power in the name of Jesus, power in that name. Now, are you going to stop listening to Todd Delaney? Somebody got it. Are you going to stop liking the song, That Great Name? Or will you be able to say that person who is trying to represent and perform that song is doing it incorrectly? In the same way, you don't quit church and Jesus because of all the fake churches and the fake Christians. Jesus is still great. The gospel is still good. Enough with that. This is why I don't do church now. You don't stop listening to your favorite song because of a bad performer. This word has been designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit. Please hear me. Not to condemn us, but to challenge us. Because people will not remember everything you said. Autumn scriptures you posted, people will not remember everything you said, but they will remember how you treated them. Forget all that hashtag Proverbs 31, hashtag kingdom man. They won't remember what you post. They will remember how you treated them. This series is designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit to remind us that the four qualities of the true Christian, the biblical Christian, four qualities, love, repentance, obedience, and giving God glory. We, we made a chart where you can see it. There's these four qualities. If you want to know, am I lining up with what a true believer is? The DNA, hear me, the genetic makeup of the biblical Christian is love, repentance, obedience, and giving God glory. I love God. I love his word. I love his people. And I love how he made me. I don't have to get plastic surgery if I'm stewarding how he made me. (laughs) 
One day eyes blue, next day they green. One day it's hazel, next day they pink. I don't have to keep on trying to figure out what I like about me when I discover the way that God made me was for his glory, not their like. I'm not saying you can't switch up your style. I'm saying don't switch it up because you're insecure. I love God. I love his word. I love his people. And I love how he made me. That's the first part. Secondly, repentance. This is the gospel. I was in sin. Jesus died on the cross for my sins, shed his blood for me because the penalty of sin is death. I'm supposed to die. He did that for me. And since he stepped in on my behalf, defeated death, rose from the grave on the third day with all power in his hand, then ascended on into heaven, he sits on the right side of God the Father, making intercession for the saints and filled us with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel, which means good news. This is why it's good, because the penalty of sin was death and Jesus died so that I may live. So me repenting is because I know what I deserve. Repentance is not remorse. You could be snotting and crying and not change. Repentance, the Hebrew word metamorphosis, metamufu, it's where we get the word metamorphosis. It literally means to turn away, not apologize for, but turn away, to not revisit. Does this making sense? That is repentance. Chopping down the tree of our rebellion and begging for God to dig up the roots. That's repentance. It's likened unto a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You don't go back to the cocoon anymore. I now have wings of grace. So I'm not chopping off my wings to be accepted by them. Somebody say, turn away. Love, repentance, obedience. Now, I could do a whole series on obedience. Because a lot of us are dealing with seasons due to disobedience, not due to devils. Obedience. God's glory. I live Solely for the purpose of God's glory. We can't miss this, church. We have to get this part right. There are a lot of things you can lose. You can lose your keys. You can misplace things, but you don't want to miss this because ignorance is expensive. Ignorance is expensive. I'm learning this. Can we talk on a day? I miss y'all. Can we talk? Not only do we have to unlearn trauma and unlearn dysfunction, we have to also unlearn bad doctrine. How many of us grew up unchurched? Raise your hand, unchurched, okay? How many of us grew up Baptist? Okay, ooh, it's a lot of y'all. Anybody grew up cogent? Raise your hand, somebody was Baptist and cogent. <laughs> Any Pentecostal? Okay, any Catholic? Okay. Islam, okay? Now, hands are, went up all over the building and also in the overflow. You know what that means? All of us have been taught different things about the same God. Okay? So if all of us have been taught the same thing about the same God, somebody's wrong. 
We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We don't. We believe women can preach. We don't. Somebody's wrong. And ignorance is expensive. Please hear me. I tried to get us to understand this on Resurrection Sunday. Ignorance and bad doctrine is a perversion of hope. It causes for you to hope for God to do what he never said he would. Bad doctrine. Why do you believe what you believe? Some of us are just one conversation away from an atheist or agnostic that could talk us out of what we believe. Why do you believe? Well, you know, uh, the Bible, you can't give them Psalms. You can't give them what the word says in Matthew. Why do you believe what you believe? what you believe. There are three things that can help you solidify your faith. And all throughout the series, you're going to see like these chromosome type designs to help us remember this is the DNA of a Christian. Why you believe what you believe? It should be these three E's. Y'all ready? These three E's. Number one, you definitely should believe because of evidence. Secondly, experience. And lastly, encounter. Don't just believe because I told you. This is how a lot of people believe bad doctrine and how you can sit in church for years and get deceived because I'm quoting stuff that's not scriptural and you're saying amen, hallelujah, because you don't read yourself. Church hurt. A lot of us are experiencing church hurt because we're biblically ignorant. If we had biblical intelligence, we could discern quickly this is not the gospel. <laughs> Evidence. I just believe because my mama told me. How about I have some evidence? Um, I did some research. There's something called the radiation afterglow that's still in the galaxies to this day. That's literally the smoking gun from the Big Bang Theory. Now, the universe was wound up. Now, due to the second law of thermodynamics, the energy is losing power. If the universe first was wound up, somebody had to wind it up. This was discovered by Wilson and Penzio in 1965. Do some research. I have to give you evidence. I'm giving you science. All science is is explaining how God did it. That's it. I'm explaining how God did it. I'm giving you evidence. I have experience. I follow biblical principles. There is not one biblical principle that did not make my life better. I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced his favor. And I had my own encounter. Why do you believe? Because if you don't have a solidifying reason on why you believe, you will believe a cultural Christianity. And you can't believe culture because, for example, the Nazis had a culture of murdering Jews. So if you believe culture, you can believe something that's murderous. So good, y'all. You can't believe just because it's comfortable. There is an addict right now who is killing themselves because they are comfortable by a drug that's killing them. You don't believe because it's comfortable or it's accepted. You have to have your own conviction. Hear me. Truth protects, but error harms it harms. If you are in error about a prescription or instructions, you could take too much, cause internal bleeding or death because it's error. Somebody say error. error. If you make error in your judgment about how thick ice is, you could walk on it, fall in, 
and experience hypothermia because you were not given truth. Hear me. Truth protects, but error harms. We can't afford to get this wrong. We can't afford to get this wrong. If you get wrong directions, you'll miss destinations. If you get time wrong, you'll waste it. If you get your purpose or calling wrong, you'll waste your life. If we get love wrong, we'll misrepresent the kingdom. One more time. If we get directions wrong, we'll miss destinations. If we get, if we get time wrong, we'll waste it. If we get our calling, our assignment, or our purpose wrong, we'll waste our life. But if we get love wrong, we'll misrepresent the kingdom. Let's speak around this thought from this subject for part one of our brand new series, Love Is. Now, that ain't it. <laughs> That's our topic. Now, that ain't it. Can I get somebody to say, now? No. Y'all got to say, we from Texas, well, some of us. Say, no, no. That not, that's not it. I may not know everything, but I know that's not it. Being judgmental, that's not it. Being hateful, that's not it. Being racist, that's not it. Being a bigot, that's not it. Being sexually immoral, that's not it. I may not be there, but I know, no, that's not it. So if we look at our foundational scriptures, John chapter 3, verse 34, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love, somebody shout love. love, that you love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus is saying, you love people from your relationship with me versus loving them from your mood. You love people from our relationship. You don't love them from what they could do for you. New command I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that also you love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have, what's that word? Love, love for one another. John chapter 14, verse 15, real short, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, we got to talk about this because culture will tell you love is love. That sounds good, but that's not sound or good. God is love. And the only person that can appropriately define what love is, is the person who it is. A lot of this stuff is lust. If you love me, keep my commandments. Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these Two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying, out of all of the scriptures you heard, all of the scrolls you read, all of the prophecies you heard, all of them can rest in these two things. 
loving God with everything you got and loving people just like you love yourself. Everything else of the Christian, everything else that's good for you to learn and for you to, be, and for you to grow in your walk with Christ, but the DNA of the Christian, love. Love. Let's, let's marry these passages where you can see what Jesus is saying. A new commandment. Commandment in the Hebrew is mitzvah. Mitzvah. I want you all to see this word so that you can understand it. So Jesus is saying, a new mitzvah I give you. What is mitzvah? Mitzvah is a command, a precept, decree, or the good to observe and carry it out. That's what command in Hebrew, in the original Hebrew Bible, it is this new mitzvah, this new precept I give you that is good for you to carry out. Did y'all catch that? This new precept that is good for you to observe and carry out is for you to love one another like I love you. That's, that's what I desire. So there's this chart I want us to see where we can fully understand how this looks. Some of us are struggling with this, I know, and we're going to break it down week after week. I want you to see this chart where it shows the order of how this works. First, you have Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. Yahweh. After that, there's love because God is love. So basic, we probably learned this depending on our Christian journey. If not, this might be new information, but a very popular scripture in Christendom is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, so Yahweh love, and since he loves us, he gives us a mitzvah, commandments. We just read, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? So God loves us. He gives us commandments, which will validate our love for him and for others then you are supposed to reflect that love. Does that make sense? Okay, so without Jesus, I'm all types of stuff. Come here, Warren, hold this real quick. I'm going to show us why some of us are so insecure. Just hold it up to me like that. Without Jesus, Jerry is a liar. All right, porn watcher. I'm greedy. Okay, um, all this stuff that I look at without the blood, this is what I see. This is why some of us are so insecure. Because you're not looking in God's word, you literally see your reflection. Y'all gonna participate with this, all right? So just start writing stuff down. You pass it down. Don't worry about the spelling. Ain't nobody gonna critique you. Just pass it down. When you look at yourself, Without the blood, liar, cheater, deceiver, heartbreaker. So I'm not. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this is what I see when I look at me. Okay? So the reason repentance shouldn't be as difficult as people are making it is because without his love, that's what you see. What's some stuff they wrote on there, Warren? Can you read it? What's some stuff on there? Insecure. Petty. Fearful. 
Somebody wrote dead. Scared. Shy. All of this stuff. This is what we're battling with. Come on, we'll be here all day if we go down the whole aisle. So come up here. So this is the beauty of Jesus. All right, you can put it here. Just kind of hold it for me. All right. All of that, all of this, this is what you see. But I loved you so much that I'm going to cover all this in blood. Warren, get back up here. I'm going to cover all this in blood. All this, I'm going to cover it up. I don't see the porn. I don't see the greed. I don't see how insecure you are. I don't see all this. I want y'all to fully get this because hear me, without Jesus, when you stand before God, everything that was on this mirror, he's going to judge you by. But by the blood of Jesus, he's covering all this. Somebody wrote freak, fearful. I'm covering all this stuff that you see. Cover all of it up. Somebody wrote freak. I love your honesty. Yeah. I'm going to cover all this stuff up. I'm a blood covered all. And you see, I'm spraying a while because the crucifixion was for hours. He had to hang on the cross for hours. All this stuff that they might see when they look into the word, I don't want them to see that anymore. I want them to see my love. So I'm going to cover up all their imperfections. I'm going to cover up all their flaws, all of their failures. I'm going to cover that up. So really, you shouldn't believe the lies of the enemy because God don't even see you like that. What about all this stuff I've done? I don't even see that anymore. All I see is blood. I don't even see your inadequacies. All I see is blood. I don't even see the stuff that you did. I don't see the abortion anymore. You asked for forgiveness. All I see is the blood. I don't see your shame anymore. All I see is the blood. I'm covering you so that when you stand before God, you can come boldly before his throne because it's not about works. So good, y'all. It's not about works so that anybody could boast. It's about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So, so look, I want you, I may get red stuff on me, that's fine, because being delivered gets messy sometimes. So when he says, love one another as I loved you, when they encounter you, they should get blood. Not judgment. When they see you, I'm not judging you. When you look at me, you see what he did for me. When you look at me, you see what he brought me from. I'm not throwing stones. I'm not. Listen, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm affirming your sin. I'm not affirming sin. I just recognize he who has no sin cast the first stone. And I can't throw the first stone. This is what it looks like to be a disciple. You walk around reflecting love. That's it. There was liar and deceiver and all that stuff on here. You don't see that anymore. All you see is red. Covered with the blood. Why are you so insecure? This is how I see you. Covered. I'm not enough. All I see is covered. That's all I see. Each and every individual I encounter, I'm reflecting what he did. Does that make sense? Okay. I want us to, 
I was like, listen, Tanisha, I want them to get this. I want them to be able to see that without the blood, all that stuff we had on there, liar, deceiver, greedy, insecure, that's all the stuff that we're going to experience judgment for. But on judgment day, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above and above all things have fervent love for one another. Why? Because love will cover a multitude of sins. There was a multitude of sins written on this mirror. But look, it's covered. Somebody shout, love is. Love is. What I'm trying to get us to understand, and the reason I'm speaking on this so passionately, is because as big as the oxymoron as it is, many of us have to unlearn church so that we can learn Jesus. We have to unlearn services so that we can actually learn the Savior. We have to unlearn looking like so that we can actually be like. We have to unlearn all of this. And I'm trying to get us to understand that the biblical definition of love, of course, is sacrifice. But understand that biblical love is more about who you represent. Biblical love is more about who I represent. It's like you work at a company and somebody comes at you with an attitude. You got all this stuff you want to say, but you represent. Make sense? I don't want to get fired. I have stuff I want to say to you, but I represent who I'm working for. And since I represent the blood and the kingdom, I'm going to give you grace. I could give you more. Ooh, I could give you more. And she was loud too. Ooh, I could give her more. But biblical love is about who you represent versus reacting to how they respond. You ask some people to be a doormat. No, I'm not. I'm asking you to be Christ-like. That's it. Biblical love. They don't understand. Like, I, I just, man, I would never treat people like that. I would never do nobody like that. Please hear me and understand. You cannot hold somebody accountable to your level of maturity. This is good, y'all. Love. Love. I understand for many of us this might be difficult. Part two is going to be called Recovering from the Kiss of Judas. That's next Sunday. The, the, the reason, this is good now. <laughs> the, the reason we're going that route is because a lot of this love stuff is hard because of all of the Judas that you had in your life. So it's hard for me to give that love because I love hard, and now I'm hurt, and so everybody's a Judas. And so we need to deal with how do you recover from the kiss of Judas? 
Because that's getting in the way of you being an example for Jesus. I understand this may be difficult. I understand that, that, this, that this may be hard for some of us to do. I understand that this may be difficult and you're in a season that seems as though God is just pruning you. And I'm telling you prophetically, many of us are in a season of oil changes. God is filtering out old stuff so that he can give you fresh oil. He can give you fresh revelation. He can give you fresh understanding. All of that arrogance, I got to chisel that out. All of that pride, I got to chisel that out. All of that doubt, I have to chisel that out. All of that insecurity, I have to chisel that out. You're not losing your mind. You're losing your will. You're not losing your mind. You're losing your will. You've exchanged your will for God's will now. That's what's being lost. Your desires are becoming his desires. When your calling is not average, neither will your process be. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, how God's going to fund this. God funds what he favors. This is so good, y'all. Understand that you got to heal. We're doing the therapy. We're doing therapy Thursdays. This is what's getting in the way from most of us being this blood-stained mirror of Judas. But Jesus models to us, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can I get all of us to say this confession? Father, Father. and everybody watching online, put this in the room in all caps. Father, Father. make me your billboard and your representative, by our love, they'll see you. One more time. Father, make me. Let me get you to tap your chest. Make me your billboard and your representative. By our love, they'll see you. They'll see you. They'll see you. That's it. Not they'll see me, but... They'll see you. Trying to flex where they can see me, that's not it. That's, that's, that's not it. Saying that you're a Christian, but you have no love, and you don't render grace, and you don't render mercy, that's not it. Ooh, they're not going to like me. That's not it. Wanting narrow way blessings while cohabitating with Broadway patterns. Let me say it old school. Wanting narrow way blessings while shacking with Broadway patterns, that's not it. That's not it. Ooh, y'all ready? That's not it. That's not it. Saying, you know what? My daddy hurt me. So what you're going to do is, sir, you hurt from your daddy, but then you're going to go out, impregnate women, and leave children with the exact same pain that you currently feel. We got to stop this. That's not it. That's not it. We'll reject a mama's boy, reject the man that lives with his mama, but readily accept the man that lives with his wife. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. I'm not sorry. My generation requires real. He still live with his mama. That man live with his wife. That's not it. Somebody shout, that's not it. Okay, here we go. Let's get real, real. Okay, making a YouTube channel or a podcast and you are solely doing it to critique or criticize other ministries, pastors, or leaders, that's not it. That's not it. Like, if you didn't critique other ministries and pastors, what would be your content? I get it, though. It's easier to critique than create, huh? 
This podcast generation that is having people who have not been discipled and who operate in ignorance have a mic. That's not Christ-like for you to get on YouTube and then call it God's work. I'm exposing the work of the enemy. Let, let me give you a Bible on this so you don't see. I'm not preaching my opinion. Let's go to the text, okay? Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins, sin means to miss the mark. If they're missing it here. All right. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their flaw on Instagram. Go and point out their flaw on a podcast. Go and point out their flaw on YouTube. It says, just between the two of you. <laughs> just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Okay? But if they will not listen, take one or two more lives on YouTube. Okay, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Not YouTube, not Facebook. Tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I'm going to pray for you. That's it. I'm going to pray for you. Now look, Jesus says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. So the goal is for me to win them over to Jesus. Not develop content to get more followers on your platform. Let me give you more Bible on this. Okay. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to read this from the Message Bible. All right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, live creatively. Do all your creative YouTube videos. Do all that. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, remember, remember that's Mr. Mark, forgivingly restore him. Look at this, y'all. Saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. See? See? I promise, right, that's Bible. You're not going to win them over bad-mouthing them in a video. You're not. That's not going to, oh, you know, you're right, I repent for my ways. I'm trying to help you be productive with your witness. Okay? Give you more Bible. James chapter 4, verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Listen, listen. I begin to research this. What are the statements when it comes to what people think about Christians? The number one statement was judgmental. Number two was hypocritical. Number three was homophobic. Love wasn't on there. 
wasn't on there. See, I want to break this down so you can understand it. All right. The reason it says, who are you to judge one another? Is because the righteous judge, which is God, he knows all of the evidence. Things being equal in a justice court, like a like a court that is like that a court that is just. The judge is the only one that does the sentencing. And they know all of the evidence. So you saying that brother has anger problems and judging him, you don't know the evidence that when he was eight, his daddy never showed up to the game. And his mama told him, don't worry about it. You don't know when he graduated from high school, daddy still wasn't there. And mama told him, don't worry about it. When his career started to thrive, daddy came back and apologized and asked for money. You don't know all that. All you see is the angry version. Judges, they know all of the evidence. Okay? She's too promiscuous. Okay. You don't know all of the evidence that when she was seven, her stepfather molested her. And she correlated spending time with the man as having him fondle me. So as she went through high school and college, she thought, for me to keep him, I have to do this. You don't know. All you see is the cleavage out. All you see is the short skirts. All you see is every picture of the backside. That's all you see. But you don't know there's a wound there. She has to unlearn. You don't have to lay your body down because he laid his down. This is just making sense. All I'm simply suggesting is we're called to reflect this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not affirming sin. I'm not. When you love, you tell people the truth. I do not agree with you. I do not live like that. I will not participate with you in doing that. And my prayer for you is that you come to the knowledge of truth. Because if it was not for this bloodstained life, I would be just like this. Somebody say love is. love is. Hear me. When you can't love beyond flaws and imperfections, you are indirectly training yourself that you are unlovable because you yourself have flaws and imperfections. Woo. I'll do it because you say it one more time. If you can't love beyond flaws and imperfections, you are indirectly training yourself to believe that you are unlovable because you yourself have flaws and imperfections. This new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. Because by this all men will know that you are mine. And if you love me, keep my commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. All of the law, all of the prophets rest on these two commandments. The DNA of the Christian is love. The reason I'm doing this is because personally and spiritually, I am tired of church as we've known it, I'm tired of these typical, mundane, powerless, racist, legalistic, entertainment centers, falsified view of Christianity 
that we are experiencing in the Western Hemisphere, in the American church, we have made it more about you, your season, your money, your blessing, your favor. 2023 is your year. So by default, we're making immature Christians because the number one word of a toddler is mine. My sippy cup, my candy, my toys. That's my game. And what do we sound? My season and my platform and my ministry and my... It's all about us instead of the glory of God. We've made it here about us versus it being about the glory of God. That's not what I'm seeing when I look at the biblical church when I'm looking at the text. I want to show y'all this. Can I show y'all one more scripture? I'll finish the rest next week. Let me show you one more scripture. Matthew 21, verse 9. It says, The multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out. Somebody say sound. Cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he, speaking of Jesus, had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. Please notice there was a sound and then there was a move. Okay. All the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple. He went into the church and drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and were healed. Then the blind and lame came to him in the temple and they were healed. Then the blind and lame came to him in the temple and they were healed. Then, maybe the reason we're not seeing the miraculous work of God in the church is because it's a den of thieves. It's not a house of prayer. It's not a house of worship. So healing doesn't happen. Miracles doesn't happen. Sight is not given. given. The lame can't walk. It says, then... Then, then, the miraculous happens after all this unbiblical stuff get out. But I want you to see this, verse 15. But when the chief priests and the scribes, Lord have mercy. Ah, when the religious pastors and preachers saw the wonderful things Jesus did and the children crying out in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. They were pissed off. Because bound people despise those who have been liberated. So in essence, they rather a den of thieves. I rather to make this a marketplace than a miracle house. They were upset. That people got here. I have so much, I don't even have time to finish everything. I'm gonna just give you all these points and we're done. What's the characteristic of an unbiblical Christian? Number one, they view scripture as an option rather than mandates. It depends if you like it or agree with the scripture or not. View scripture as an option rather than a mandate. Number two, what's the characteristic of an unbiblical Christian? They're lawyers for their flaws but judges for others, okay? 
unbiblical Christian. Number three, the characteristic of an unbiblical Christian, they attempt to make the Bible agree with them versus them agreeing with the Bible. Close my laptop, mic drop. That's the characteristics of an unbiblical Christian. My mom said, listen, you don't have to give them too much. Just give them that and keep going. Carl, if you could put the chart back up, the one that says love, repentance, obedience, and give God glory. This is, this is it. Warren, would you take the phone? This is it, y'all. The quality, the sign, the ethic of a true Christ follower is our love, our repentance, our obedience, If it makes much about me, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want God to be glorified. Father, forgive us for not being blood-stained mirrors. You told us in your word, by this, all will know that you are by the way we love one another. A new mitzvah you've given us. A principle that is good for us to carry out. And that is to love one another. People won't remember what we said, but they will remember how they were treated. And I pray specifically, God, for those who struggle with this because of people that they loved and they took advantage of them. Help us to remember we love out of our relationship for you versus loving because of what they've done. Correct your church. Correct your house so that the blind and the lame may get healed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Was this good for you this afternoon? I'm going to challenge us week after week, I'm going to challenge us to be a biblical Christian. That's the way we get the miracles. That's the way we get healing. It's when we strive to mirror a biblical version of Jesus. So I want all of us to say this with me. We're not going to just assume. Can I get all of us to say, dear God, I need you. Without you, my sins are forever before me. You told me if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I'll be saved. I believe that. Now disciple me. I believe that. Now train me. Chisel me so that I could be your billboard in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.